Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Words that we hear every Mass leading up to Communion. Words that were first spoken in our Gospel today by St. John the Baptist, our patron, who came to proclaim Jesus as the Lamb of God, the Lamb that was sacrificed for us on Calvary, the Lamb whose blood cleanses us and washes away our sins, the Lamb who is made present for us on this altar every time Mass is celebrated, the Lamb that we then get to receive in Holy Communion. This was the mission of John the Baptist, to proclaim right, Jesus as the promised one, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But John goes on to say something that sometimes creates a little bit of, of confusion. He says twice in our Gospel, I did not know him. Which kind of brings up the question often, a lot of people know that John the Baptist and Jesus were related, at least to some extent. And so, what does John mean by saying he did not know Jesus? I think one possibility is that he's speaking from the perspective of human knowledge, of human experience, of human reason which is incapable of knowing who Jesus truly is. That is something that we can only know by faith. A knowledge that does not come from us, but that has to be revealed by God. But John the Baptist goes on to speak about how it has been revealed. And he can now testify that Jesus is the Lamb of God, that he is the Son of God that he is the one that was revealed to John, the one upon whom you see the Spirit of God descend. Right? He is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And just in the middle section there, John testifies that he saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. Perhaps you recognize what John is speaking about. That's what took place when Jesus was baptized. The heavens were opened and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove and the voice of the Father was heard from heaven. You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Normally, we celebrate the baptism of the Lord on a Sunday. But every once in a while, every few years, because of how the calendar kind of unfolds, it gets pushed to Monday. And so it was actually celebrated last Monday liturgically after the Feast of the Epiphany. But it's an incredibly important event and mystery in our Lord's life, and our gospel today uh, makes reference to it. That's how John the Baptist and all those who were present for the baptism of our Lord, came to know who he truly is. 
Right? It was revealed and, and manifested at our Lord's baptism. The baptism of Jesus was not really for his sake, though. It was for ours. Right? It was to reveal and to inaugurate his ministry, his mission, to teach us who he is and to teach us who we become when we are baptized. And so there's some very important truths for us to reflect upon. So John the Baptist, right, comes to know who Jesus is through the, the coming down of the Spirit, because part of the, the mission of the Spirit is to reveal the Son. And St. Paul says that nobody can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. And so through this manifestation, through this epiphany, of the Holy Spirit coming down upon Jesus, we come to see him and to recognize him as the promised one, as the Messiah, as the Christ, which means anointed one, right? He is anointed by the Holy Spirit, fulfilling a prophecy all the way back in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 11, that a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, of counsel, knowledge, fortitude, piety, fear of the Lord. Those seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? First and foremost, refer to the Christ, right? Jesus is the one who is anointed with the fullness of the Holy Spirit so that he can then baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Now, just as a quick aside, this anointing that Jesus received in his humanity actually took place at his conception. Catechism is very clear that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit from the first moment of his conception. And so at his baptism, Jesus is not receiving the Holy Spirit for the first time in his humanity. Right? It's being revealed publicly that he is already filled with the Holy Spirit. That he wants to share that same Spirit with us through our baptism and confirmation. The other thing that is revealed at Jesus' baptism is his identity as, right, as St. John the Baptist says, the Son of God, the beloved Son of the Father, in whom the Father is well pleased. The translation that I prefer, the Father saying, in whom I delight. But we too participate in that same reality, just as we receive the Holy Spirit at our baptism, a spirit that St. Paul says is the spirit of adoption, we became beloved children of our Heavenly Father. When we were baptized, we took on a new identity. We became new creatures. A new reality was brought about. And God the Father looked at us in the same way that he looks at Jesus and says, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter in whom I delight. You know, we hear our whole life that God loves us. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Did you know that God loves you? But sometimes we hear that so many times that it tends to get watered down a little bit. In our experience of that, we don't fully recognize the magnitude of this reality, of this gift that is given to us by our baptism. 
And it's something that we can struggle with, we can wrestle with, we can have doubts, maybe some fears, and, and we come up with some excuses so that we don't have to fully face this truth. Sometimes we might think to ourselves, yeah, okay, God probably loves me, but he probably doesn't like me very much. You know, I keep doing things that he tells me not to do, so he's probably pretty frustrated and upset with me. Or we might think to ourselves, okay, God loves me, but he loves everyone, as if that somehow makes it less real. Or, well, God has to love me, right? He's God, that's what he does. And we come up with these reasons why it's not as profound and incredible as it truly is. And all of those excuses that we come up with are lies. They're not true. God delights in you. Do you believe that? And if you don't, it's something to really spend some time with. Why? Why don't I believe that God delights in me? Why don't I believe that he loves me with an infinite, eternal, unconditional, unchanging, freely given love? And not just a cold, kind of distant, impersonal love, but with a personal, intimate, delightful love. Why do we have to come up with all of these reasons uh, to kind of not let that truly sink in? Because every single one of us longs to be loved. We long to be loved with a perfect love. And here on earth, the reality of living in a fallen world is that we will only ever experience here and now an imperfect love. Even in our families, in our marriages, among our friends, because we're all imperfect. And so we love imperfectly. But don't project your, your experience of imperfect love onto the perfect love of God. Because it is infinite and perfect in every way, and it's what we long for. And it's what he freely offers us. He didn't have to create us. He created us because he wanted to. He created us because he wanted to love us. His love is not something we earn. It's not something we have to be worthy of. It's freely given. There's nothing we can do to make God love us. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more. There's nothing we can do to make God stop loving us. He loves us always and forever. But can we truly uh, open our minds and our hearts to that love? Because so often we look for that love in, in other places. And we can spend a, a lot of energy and effort and it can bring about some anxiety and some fear. We always want to make sure that we're loved. What do we need to do to be loved? How do I need to be the person that I think other people want me to be in order to be loved? What happens if somebody stops loving me? What happens if I experience rejection? All of these fears and anxieties. And we don't need to live that way. It's, it's exhausting. Because God loves us freely, unconditionally, eternally. And this is what Jesus came to reveal. He came to reveal the love of the Father, that we have been chosen by him to be adopted into this family of love, that we have received 
the same Spirit of God, which is the love of the Father and the Son. And so to to honestly wrestle with this reality and this truth and, and to reflect upon where in my life do I not believe this? Where do I struggle with this? Where do I doubt this? Where do I have some fears revolving around this love that the Father has for me? And we need to go to Jesus because he's the one who reveals it and he is the one who teaches us how to be loved by the Father. And so to go to our Lord and and to, to honestly admit our fears and our doubts, to ask him to teach us and help us to receive this love, to delight in this love, to rejoice in this love. And then through Jesus, we too Right, can share in that same love that he has for the Father. That is what it means to be Christian. That is what it means to be baptized. And so let's ask Jesus to help us receive the Father's love and then to love him in return in the same way that Jesus does.